Hey guys, welcome to the Fit Dad Lifestyle Podcast Season 2. There is a moment in every dad's life where you want to become the strongest version of yourself. You want to become better. You want to rise up and you want to be successful and the perfect role model to your kids. So what is the Fit Dad Lifestyle? It's about being that role model, that leader, that example that your kids need to follow. It's about family. It's about trying new things. It's about fitness, laughter, full of smiles, and it's here to inspire you so that you can inspire your family. Enjoy season two. We've got some amazing guests on board. Everything fitness, fatherhood, and success. Here's the episode, guys. Enjoy. Hey guys, welcome to episode 88 of the Fit Dad Lifestyle Podcast. Today's guest, Dan Kieran, VC. Dan enlisted in the Australian Army in 2000 and got to serve in East Timor, Iraq, and then Afghanistan. Dan was awarded the Victoria Cross for his actions while serving with the 6th Battalion Royal Australian Regiment in a firefight with insurgents during the Battle of Derapat on 24th August 2010 on Operation Slipper. During the battle, Dan, with complete disregard for his own safety, repeatedly exposed himself to enemy fire to draw fire away from the team treating a battle casualty. Dan's actions were key in allowing the coalition forces to withdraw without further casualties. Dan also is a father to two young kids and has a new book coming out called Courage Under Fire on the 27th of October 2020. It's a book about his life from his upbringing to overcoming adversity, his professional career and the burden of heroism. Dan, welcome to the podcast, mate. Thanks for having me, mate. Appreciate it. Mate, how many kids do you have and whereabouts are you currently located right now? Uh, so I'm currently living in Brisbane, so I haven't gone far after uh, leaving Defence and leaving in Ogre Barracks. Uh, but I've got two, two kids, mate. So I've got my son, Jack, who's three years old, uh, and my uh, stepdaughter, Isabel, who's also three years old. Yeah, perfect, mate. And how has fatherhood changed your outlook on life, um, you know, compared to, I guess, the professional career that you had prior? I tell you what, look, I, I think I, my mindset's changed without a doubt. I, I think of things differently. I mean, w- when you're a single bloke, you, you think of yourself a little bit, certainly in defence. And then and now that I've got two, two, three-year-olds, I think my approach, certainly risk-taking for one, for one is, is different to, to what it was. Um, you know, very conscious that there's, there's people that are relying on me nowadays. So I think my mindset has changed a lot since leaving defense and, and having, having two kids now and being responsible. Yeah, definitely. And have you found that that mindset from, you know, the defense has really helped with this pandemic and, you know, the different challenges that we've faced as, as a nation and um, I guess as a community this year? But I, I laugh when you ask that question because I, I saw a meme just recently. So if you, you've served or you've, you've done time, uh, you know, you, you're pretty much prepared for, uh, for the pandemic. And look, it, it, it doesn't, uh, well, I suppose it does help that I am a bit of an introvert. So uh, not having to go out and socialise for me has been quite all right during this period. Uh, having, the, having the two kids at home uh, and working full time, uh, look, it, it's certainly been challenging. Uh, that's, that's probably an understatement with, with two, three-year-olds running around and, and trying to work and, and, uh, and trying to uh, parent as well. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's, look, it's been a, an interesting sort of year this year with, with the pandemic and the, my military, I suppose, service and background certainly has helped me, you know, uh, 
uh, I think it sort of has given me structure and has given me the ability to be able to cope with, you know, a pandemic. Yeah, definitely. I, I've talked to a lot of veterans and even, um, you know, over in America as well, a few Navy SEALs and stuff like that. And, you know, they're all under, under the same, you know, understanding and, and belief that, you know, I think that that previous military history uh, or service has really, you know, helped us you know, navigate this a lot easier than I think a lot of the wider community. Yeah, I think look, some of it's, you know, used to taking direction as well, right? So there's a lot of, you know, again, I'm, I'm generalising here, but I feel as if there's a lot of my civilian friends that haven't had their restrictions as often we do in, in the military placed on you. So that's just, oh yeah, that's, you know, that's, that's sort of normal for us to, you know, we've, we've been given a set of guidelines and restrictions and, and that's normal. And a lot of people in society don't or haven't had to deal with that before. Yeah, hundred percent. And mate, two three-year-olds running around the house. I can imagine it's very crazy um, at night time. Do you guys have any set nightly routines? And you know, what what are the you know ways that you sort of manage that that structure within the family you know network at night time? Look, absolutely, and it's sort of a blended. Well, I'll go back a step and say, look, with a blended family, absolutely. That's I think that's you know, critical to have a routine. Uh, it, it has worked well. I mean, as I said, three-year-olds uh, are challenging uh, at the best of times. But look, normally there is that that bath routine at night time. Eat and dinner, sit down at the table. You know, always sit down at the table to eat. Um, upstairs for a bath. Uh, usually a story or two stories before bedtime, and then in bed hopefully by seven o'clock. Now, if I've got plenty of energy, I'll uh, I will use the, the the TV for five minutes. So it's like a you know you get five minutes to calm and, and bring them back down. And then uh, after that, it's bedtime. So that's usually the, the routine at my place. Yeah, my, our boys are six and three at the moment. And yeah, it's the same thing. It's absolutely hectic out there. And that nighttime routine is just, you know, it just goes in a flash, but can be totally crazy at the same time as well. In, in the period at the moment, as well, in that phase, I suppose, is of both of them there's there's a thousand excuses before going to bed so i need to you know need to go to the toilet or you know I want <laughs> light on i want it off i want the door half open half shut i want you know have to have the night light on or i don't want the night light on mate it's yeah it's <laughs> whatever works right to get them down and, and get them to sleep um, yeah i try not to to pander to every women need uh because it just gets ridiculous and then it's nine o'clock at night you're like come on like this is this is crazy you've got all your stuffed toys in the bed you've got all your books laid out you're supposed to be asleep two hours ago so uh i learned quite pretty early on that that routine is is imperative to <laughs> to get some sleep myself and, and to ensure that they get down on time yeah yeah definitely are they in the same room do they bounce off each oh, other God. like yeah <laughs> <laughs> no look i tried we, we did try that uh once and look i'm, I'm fortunate that i have the space and had the ability to have separate rooms for both of them. So uh, we went to these separate rooms pretty quickly. Yeah. Because uh, they do. They want to play with each other. They want to stay up and they, they keep each other awake and they get each other on. And and my son, Jack's pretty tall. So Isabel's the instigator already. So <laughs> he, he can reach things. So she'll point things out and he'll go and reach and, and grab them off the bench and, and help her out. So like a, a terrible little brother that he is. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. And mate, what are your favourite activities to do as a family? Um, do you go out and hikes? Do you go push bike riding or scooter rides or you know just park plays and stuff like that? Mate, uh, yeah, look, we do. Uh, uh, certainly, I think for COVID, let, let's. Uh, I think that's been amazing to get outside more. Um, I'll be honest; it, it, it was a bit of a reminder that we, well, I certainly don't get out enough. I uh, working from home as well currently, so you get up early in the morning and you log on, and sometimes logged on before the kids are awake. 
Um, and I sort of had to put a stop to that because it, it was, you know, it was just getting too much. So up in the morning, uh, well, depends on, you know, what mood they're in, but normally go for a quick walk. I'm, I'm again, fortunate to live on a Seven Brigade Park here in, um, in Brisbane. So it's a big park uh, land area with uh, walking tracks throughout and there's a, uh, you know, a open area gym. So there's like heave beams and things throughout the big, probably I think it's about two kilometers sort of circuit that you can walk around the park. And there's little stations as well. So you can have some activity with the kids if you go for a walk and have a bit of a play. And I know my son loves jumping up on the heave beams and trying to do the heaves and that as I'm walking past. And Isabel does as well, actually. So look, it's it's that routine of trying to do that at least a few times a week. Uh, that's in the morning. Uh, and then in the afternoon, like we we do try and do a few times a week as well as either a push bike ride with the kids. Um, you know, they are small, so they, they do uh, they do tire out pretty quickly. Uh, so then, you know, then that's the workout of uh, having to carry the bike or the scooter home, right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> the adult. Uh, so. <laughs> yeah, mate, we, we, we've had that many a times where, you know, you're on the scooter and like we, we bought a couple of adult scooters as well, just so we could all go for scooter rides. We've got a couple of bike tracks as well. And mate, there's, yeah, many a times that the kids are in front of your feet and you're holding the scooter on the handlebars and you're like getting them home <laughs> as quick as possible because they're a kilometre away and they just, nah, it's game over. So, well, yeah, look, I mean, it's, it is. Uh, every time we go out it's, and we take a scooter or a bike there's a, and we're walking, it's like, well, we're not going to go too far because I'm going to have to carry this graphic for me. Mate, how has your training, your personal um, you know, fitness changed, I guess, from the military career to then the mining to you know, what it is uh, now? Yeah, look, I, I tell you what, I left defence, I uh, downhill something something severe, um, I'd stop training completely. I was just focused on work. I was focused, focused on getting a job too, right? So left defense, uh, Jack wasn't, wasn't born at that point in time. Um, you know, over in the mines, I think I, I slept on the side of the road and uh, next to my ute to start working in the mines after leaving defense because I couldn't get a job in Brisbane. Uh, the day that I arrived in Kalgoorlie, I, I started working in the mines and but I was, you know, doing 12, 13, 14 hour days sometimes. So there's, yeah, it's a lot of physical work as well. I was working on the drill rigs. Um, so I probably, I was bloody fit in that regard of, of picking up. So I was doing sample bags. So it's a, on an RC rig, drill, a type of drill rig. And they're probably 50, 60 kilos, these bags. And you yeah, know, right. literally they fill them up with dirt or a sample and you're picking these things up and walking them 10, 20, 30 metres to a line and placing them down. And you're, sometimes you're running back to get the next bag on to fill up the sample as it's drilling into the earth's surface, the rod. So, you know, I was pretty fit in that regard. However, there was no gym. I wasn't running, wasn't doing any right like nothing else besides besides that but mate, you, you're absolutely wrecked by the end of the day anyway you don't have time to do that and it was sort of two three weeks on uh, and then i get a few days off and that always needs blokes and i i needed the money so i didn't have heaps of time off so i'd say there was there was no sort of routine with fitness in the mind at all um i went underground i think it got worse <laughs> when i went underground started um so driving the hall tracks underground and then uh I did sign up in the gym at Kalgoorlie and so I do a week on, so a week a day, so 12 hour shifts and a week off. And during that week off, I maybe go once or twice to the yep. gym, but, but not heaps, mate. Yeah. I'd stopped running. I had a number of injuries as well through my career. So knees, fasciotomies, complex tears, done both my shoulders as well. So I have, I wouldn't say, like, you know, I can do most things, but, uh, you know, there's certain things I sort of stay away with, stay away from, like, deadlifts nowadays. I, I, I don't particularly, uh, <laughs> who likes doing it anyway, but, you know, my legs don't, don't really like that, um, or squats yep. too, too heavy. 
So no more than 100 kilos on squats, otherwise yeah, knees start hurting. So, um, so look, it certainly has changed um, my routine. Then back in uh, Brisbane now, because I'm getting older as well, yeah. uh, I've just started up at um, 12 Rounds Fitness of all places. So sort of aerobic fitness, uh, well, boxing, you know, yeah, sort of scenario. I'm, I don't, I don't mind that because I don't have to worry about what I'm going to train. Um, I literally go in there and there's, there's 12 rounds and different activities set up ready to go. Go in there, do 45 minutes, you know, jump back in the car and, and then I'm done and I've done my, done my exercise sort of thing. So, yeah, mate, I, I don't mind those whole concepts because um, you can sort of go there at any time throughout the day and, you know, get it done and you're not restricted by, you know, class times and all these different things. I, I think it's, you know, probably going to be something that we see a lot more of. Yeah, look, I am... I am relatively time poor. I mean, a lot of people are, uh, and that's probably that's probably my biggest sort of hurdle is is managing pickups, drop offs of of kids, and then trying to race in a gym session or something, then trying to get to work at a set time as well. Like it, it uh, you know, and then you know, <laughs> your kids don't want to get dressed in the morning, or you know, you delay half an hour, and then you're like, the first thing to go. Often, unfortunately, is well, I don't have time for a session now. I've got to get to work, uh, and then you know, trying to do it in the afternoon. So. I think it's, for me, it's that, that, you know, putting aside time ago, I will go three or four times a week and then either getting up earlier to facilitate that or, uh, you know, we're trying to leave work earlier to, to try and do that as well. But hey, it doesn't always work like that. No, that's right. And mate, if you could go back to Dan Kieran on day one of fatherhood and tell him something that you know to be true today after everything you've experienced over the last three years, what would you do going back to day one? Well, okay, look, would I do anything different there? Probably. I never look back and go, look, I'd change things. But I think for me is, you know, you're not going to get it right all the time, okay? You're going to make mistakes along the way. Uh, I think, you know, as long as you're there, as long as you've got time, as long as you've got love for your kids, I don't think you can go too wrong. <laughs> yeah. In honesty. So, you know, I think that's, you know, that's key as well as taking spare clothes with you wherever you go. <laughs> yeah, oh, mate, 100%. It's, it's nearly worth keeping a spare two or three sets in the car, isn't it? And just set and forget just for that one time. I started doing that, mate, actually early on. Going, I, I did it once and I you know, didn't take nappies or, or I took one. And then all of a sudden there's, you know, there's poos going everywhere. And I'm like, well, I've run out of nappies. But, you know, I've got to come home now. I've got yeah. to keep running around with dirty shorts. And, and I'm like, Jesus, uh, lesson learnt there. So, <laughs> yeah. I, I love that when I uh, take the wife's car, you know, w whenever I go somewhere, because if something goes wrong, I know there's going to be a spare something in the car. Whereas mine's just, you know, I always clean it out and keep it relatively tidy. But I think having that grab bag of, you know, spare kids clothes, I think is going to be. Important. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I mean, because you know, Jack's personality and, and Isabel, they're so very different. So different. You know, it is, with that in mind as well, you know, the, you know, I suppose the advice is that the kids are, you know, are going to be different. Even if you're, you know, like Jack's very much into his, you know, his blocks and his sticks and his dinosaurs. And then, well, actually, Isabel's into her dinosaurs now as well. But, you know, she is a real little girl and loves her dresses and loves pink and that. So understanding that, you know, they have different needs and that I think as well as, you know, I was treating them both the same there for a little bit going, well, I can't do this because it's, uh, they are very different people already. And you can yeah. see the personalities starting to take shape um, already. So I think that was a bit of a lesson early on for me as well. Yeah. hundred percent. Mate, what advice would you have for fathers out there about achieving success in their own health and fitness, you know, through fatherhood or, you know, on any career path that they might be on? Yeah. 
yeah, but look, I, I'm, I'm in that boat where I, I am probably a prime candidate of you need to set aside time. You need to plan, right? You do need to plan, unfortunately, because you, if you don't, things, life, work, you know, kids will get in the way of you having a healthy lifestyle, which then impacts how you interact with your family as well. So I think that is key is to, to maintain the level of fitness and, and, you know, you can sleep better on that, you know, everything else, all the benefits associated with, with being in a, in a good state of mind as well and, and being healthy and, and fit. I think it, it's key to, to plan it out, plan your week out and go, look, I'm, I will do three sessions this week or I will go and go out with the kids. I will go walking. I will do something on the weekend or take them to the beach or go swimming and, and do it. Because if, if you don't, um, and I know it's, you know, COVID's been a bit tough, but if you don't, it's very easy to, to fall off the wagon. Yeah. Hundred percent, and mate, the new book "Courage Under Fire" comes out twenty seventh of October. Um, are you able to give us a little bit of an insight into what the audience might be able to expect when they pick up a copy of that? Yeah, mate. Look, of course, I it's been a long time coming. I I've thought about it a number of times, and it came about. I was doing my executive MBA at QUT, and part of one of the units was negotiation, and and um, I decided to to you know look at look at how I would do a book and that was part of my unit and my assessment. So from that, I thought, you know what, I've, I've done all the research now and, and how to go about it and approach people. So I went out and, and, and uh, talked to uh, Pam McMillan and they said, look, happy to, to take this project on. And uh, I, I start off with, I suppose, childhood and overcoming adversity. I mean, I grew up with dirt floors and no power and I think that the prologue is, you know, me meeting my dad for the first time. He walks through the door and he, he just uh, hadn't met him before. He was, I was 11 years old and just been shot. So here he is, rocked up. He's the first guy I've met, been shot. He got out of hospital early, convinced my mum to, to move to a little place in Bone, uh, sorry, low meat outside of Bundaberg. And, uh, mate, so it starts off there and then it goes through my military service and talk about the VC action in Derriput and, and then sort of after, life after after that and a bit about my study and working the mines and and uh, I suppose the, the pressures that are associated with receiving something like Victoria Cross as well. So, mate, uh, yeah, mate, it's, it is, it is a bit, it's been a bit of a journey, that's for sure. So, um, a bit of action in there, a few sex scenes in there, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, uh, mate, it is a, it is a, you know, it is my life and I'm sure it'll be interest of interest to a few people anyway. So, they'll have a laugh, yeah. no doubt. Mate, looking forward to it. And where can people find this book when it does come out? Is it online or, or an ebook as well as in stores? Yeah, but look, it will be. Uh, I, I think I'm thankful that uh, COVID's sort of on at the moment because the, you know there was they're going to have posters up all over the airports and <laughs> there's none of that, so that's good in a way. But uh, look, it'll be all, all in, in every major bookstore, Big W, it'll be online. Pam McMillan itself on the website, you get to find it there. I think it'll be hard, hard pressed not to, not to find a pop up somewhere, mate. So it'll, it'll be the major release for um, for Pam McMillan this year. So, um, mate, amazing. And mate, where can people find you online? And what else do you have coming up apart from the book that people might be able to get involved in? Uh, look, I'm always in, I wouldn't say always, but I veteran charities is still my passion of trying to help people as well. And having the a Victoria Cross facilitates some of the activities that I do, and I am involved with Mates for Mates as an ambassador still. I, I do assist with Legacy and other events. So this year has, has been a little bit quiet uh, on that front. I am on the board of the Australian War Memorial as well. So uh, I've got a, a number of projects. So I am still interested in, and focused on, on veterans and, and trying to support them 
uh, whichever way that I can. Uh, I would say that um, finding me online, I, I am on, on Instagram, mate. I, I'm, I'm a shocker for <laughs> checking messages or getting back to people. Uh, and I've just closed down Facebook anyway. So, mate, uh, Instagram, Dan Kieran VC, and, and people will be able to find me on there. And, um, there's a web page coming up soon that will be launched. So, I still haven't got the URL, but, but, um, but I'm sure if they do a quick search on Insta, I'll pop up and can send me a message if they want. Fantastic, mate. Well, I'll make sure that I put all the information to the book and also your, your personal website and um, Instagram on the show notes. So anyone listening right now, if you're driving or running around, then make sure you go to the description after the podcast finishes and um, you'll be able to get in touch with Dan um, or check out what he's got coming up in the future. So Dan Kieran, VC, thank you very much for taking the time to come on the podcast today and I wish you all the, the best with the book launch and um, we'll speak to you very soon. Cheers, mate. Really good. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, mate.